Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here's Curry. Wide open. Three on the way. First player in NBA history with seven or more made threes in four consecutive games. This is Durden Sprague. Green to the corner. Pajemski to Bangle. But he hits it anyway. Pajemski's 5 of 5 from 3, the Warriors back within 3. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brandon Sprague. Back to Brody. He moves in a shot, he scores! Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. All right, 6.02 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Good morning. Happy Thursday, everybody. How we doing? Oh, the music just uh, just died right there. Uh, good morning, Will. How we doing? Doing all right. The music didn't die. I turned it off so that I could get the YouTube up and going. There are rules on YouTube. Are there rules on YouTube? Yeah, I think the I got to get can't the... play? Well, my understanding is I got to get the music down so then it can be monetized. Ah, yes, because they like blank out X amount of seconds or a minute if yeah. you have it going, right? Yeah, so I will err on the side of get the music off quick. Mm. So that we can be on the YouTube and the Twitch and make more money for the company. Because I'm a company man. Ah, you are. That's right. Okay. I live and breathe Odyssey blue and orange. Do you? Do you buy any hats or shirts with your Odyssey bucks? Is that still what a thing? is an Odyssey buck? Oh, you haven't heard about this? No. About a year ago? I want to say it was about a year ago. Uh, the company decided that we were going to reward compliments. So people that worked in different branches all throughout Odyssey in America at a station, mm. somebody could write in, Will Ortner does an exceptional job, and I'd like to recognize his work ethic. And I the company that. would give you 20 or 30 Odyssey dollars. Now, what are Odyssey dollars? Shroot bucks? <laughs> they, it's, it sounds, when you talk about it out loud, it sounds very much like shroot bucks. Uh, we ended up having a website. Where you could go and it'd be like all of these things you could buy and it'd be like 80 Odyssey dollars, mm. 120 Odyssey dollars. And I, we had one last year from one of our, our sales reps. He did it mainly as a joke because we thought it was hilarious that the company was doing this. And we couldn't even buy an Odyssey hat with it. We got 30 Odyssey dollars and we went on the website and jokingly we're going to buy a hat and it was 50 Odyssey dollars. 
We couldn't even buy a hat. It's a ripoff. So we, inflation. Yeah, we got a compliment, and it got us nothing at all. Got you nothing. So, like, can I compliment you, and then that gets you bucks? And as a fill-in, do my bucks mean less than, say, if, like, one of our head suits decided to compliment you? Well, you can't just give me a compliment. You actually had to, like, go to a website and and fill out this form. Oh, I'm out. Yeah, that's... I'm not filling out a form. That's stupid. Hey, breaking news. I'd be willing to venture and, and bet that nobody is getting Odyssey dollars anymore. <laughs> I want to know if this policy is still going. Like, do I have to go to our special Odyssey workers website? Is that how that works? Um, I think that's what they would tell you to do, but I don't think anybody actually does it, unfortunately. Also, we need real dollars right now. Odyssey, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a drop in here somewhere, but I, I'm not looking for it. It's in there somewhere. And look I, I love swag but his page is a little convoluted oh don't oh you, we could talk for it's a little convoluted i could honestly do a, an entire show on how he does the drops page and how it makes no sense but it makes sense to him and everyone does it different no but see here's here's where i'll push back it doesn't because he largely doesn't touch the drops so he does it and then he doesn't use it and then other people come in to use it, and it's just chaos. But he doesn't like the drops. Uh, he's not he, a drops guy. Which is odd, because he started producing with Primetime. Yeah, but that was more of a Lynch thing. Like, Lynch brought in the drops, and then no, I think no, Rob no, just no, gets no. bored. No, 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 no. That's an Isaac Rob production that Jason Swigard once upon a time had to navigate and produce. And he left that show, and he hates drops. Like, of all the shows to walk away from and your your takeaway is no drops, I don't think that's the radio show. Now, Lynch did come in and do an exceptional job stepping up in that moment. Uh, well, actually, it was Swag, Dusty, then Lynch. So mm-hmm. Dusty and Mike filled in seemingly perfect, hit the drops page. Swag just hates drops. Not um, a drops guy. See, I always thought that was a Lynch thing because I've, I've been listening forever, dude. I remember... I'd listen to you guys after I'd go work out on the uh, the late night show. Oh, the nighttime show. I'd go yeah. lift at eight. It's like eight to ten at the twenty four hour fitness because oh, I was yeah. I was confident. Yes, that the gains were best handled then. Yeah. Although now I'm a crunch fitness guy, I prefer them. There you go. Uh, but I would listen to you guys on the way back. So I've been listening since way way back in the day. Like I remember when it was just those three yahoos doing shows here. Yeah. Um, we had a stripper yeah. in studio topless reading a uh, a night twas the night before Christmas poem. Yeah, I learned about that. And we weren't streaming. So like in retrospect, why did we have her what get topless? Po- what was the point? I mean, I'm not going to complain at what I saw. <laughs> she hey, she wanted to do it. She's like, "What if I took my top off?" We're a like, "Plus material." Uh, okay. <laughs> kind of feel like Howard Stern in that moment, you know? I was 25. What do you want from me? What, what are you going to do? Be like, no. Keep it on. There's more to that story um, not involving me, but there's more to that story that ended up being a, a pretty kick-ass story. But, yeah, I wasn't going to be like, uh, excuse me. It was her profession. She wanted to be a, pro- a professional at that point. Hey, you know what? Uh, far be it from me to tell someone else how to do their job. Hey. She loved what she did, and love is love. Did you have a nice little Valentine's Day there, Will? I did. I went to my favorite love, the Crunch Fitness. Yeah. Went to the gym. Okay. You know, had a little cardio day. All and right. And then uh, I worked a high school basketball game. I had to do some announcing. Oh, you were announcing? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me you refed. No. No, 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 no. 
no, I'm not putting on the pants running around. I don't need to get yelled at by parents and then me yell back at them. Yeah. I'll announce it. I'll do my best, uh, you know. Now. Bom, 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 bom. The starting stuff. lineup. What yeah. school did you do announcing for? Uh, I always go back to the alma mater. They ah. always they always call me. I've got some uh, friends over there okay. in, in high places. Yeah. And they call me in and, uh, you know. Pay me a little bit, and then I have a good time. I went to um, a Park Rose women's or yeah women's basketball game. My buddy's coaching their varsity, and so we went and just supported and watched the team. Nice. They had a PA person, mm-hmm. and he was very interesting. He did like the coming into the game, and then he like just throughout the entire game. All right, now let's get loud. Oh, that's only two fouls. Oh, there seems to be more fouls on us than them. Like out loud. We were like, uh, I don't know if you should be saying that, man. But uh. yeah, no, I everything is positive when Will's announcing. It is here is the the sheet I have to read. Here are the starters. You made a basket. I don't say that there are fouls. I announce uh, at the end of each quarter. Hey, this is the score. If someone's checking in. Here is your name that I will butcher yeah. for sure. Yep. And that's about it. Okay. Everything is positive. I want to I've actually wanted to ref, but I can't bring myself to do it because I've also been in the stands and I've heard what parents are like now. Oh yeah, no, they were yelling at me. An announcer. Really? Oh yeah. For saying a name wrong or No, what? they thought I announced and ran the clock. That's two jobs. Wow. Will only does one. Yeah. I, the, the guy doing the PA ain't running the clock. Yeah, That's no. somebody Yell at somebody else. What are we doing? Well, and also, like, look, you can yell at me all you want, and then I stand up, and then no one yells at me. I, um, I, I, I was at my nephew's basketball game a couple weeks ago, and his coach ended up getting a technical foul in the game. Love it. At, like, maybe the worst time. I think they were down, like, two or three, and then he said, he said, he obviously said the thing. I heard what he said. And the ref had heard it from him all game and turns around and is like, yo, no. Tease him up. I'm just looking at it and I'm like, I, I don't think I could be a ref. If if somebody no. said to me what that guy just said, I would want to toss it. I wouldn't even give him one T. I'd double T him and be like, get the hell out of here, dude. Get out of here. Shut up. Shut right. your trap. Right. Well, and we had some issues in – that was the worst part in this game is fans were getting on the refs. It was a 30-point game. And I get it. Like you're you're bummed out. It's your daughter. No, your, I don't your niece, get it. Your players. You're down thirty. What are you complaining about? Right, but it's if it's a senior, it's their last game, right? It's I, it's your granddaughter. I get it. I get that you're upset. You're sad. It's over. But it's a thirty point game. Yeah. Who cares if it was a three pointer or not? So what? You lost by thirty or you lost by twenty nine? It'll be okay. Foot was foot was on the line. No, it was, and it was behind the line. No, foot was on the line. What a ridiculous thing to argue about down that many points. Right. Also, there are plenty of good basketball players. You're not seeing them for the Seattle Storm anytime soon. No. Well, that's, yeah, that's the other part is how many parents don't realize their kids aren't professionals or not going to be professional. Not going to be. There might be one or two that are playing in college. And good for you. Sure. D2 college is great. Shouts out Siwoo. But (laughs) no one's going to the WNBA here. (laughs) Well, you know, like, it's just funny how everybody's kid is going to be a college or pro athlete. And then you're like, I mean, they're good, but, like, you real, You know what's funny? Here's a quick story, just as an example. How good are pro athletes, right? Not that Mm -hmm. anybody out there needs to hear. They already know. But what's funny is I just heard a story from C.J. Stroud, the starting Texans quarterback. Yeah. He dropped 40 points 
when he played against Jaime Jaquez in high school. Yes, I heard this I think story. he was two years older than Jaquez, or he's a year older than Jaquez, or they're the mm-hmm. same age. I can't remember. Right. But they played against each other, and they had highlights, and he's just draining threes. That's an NFL quarterback who also had an ability to drop 40 points on a current NBA player. Right. In his, in his sport. Your kid's not doing that. No, I'm. Well, shoot, I get my eyes open when I go to the gym with the old guy, Souk. I'll be in there, and I'm strong. You go to the gym with Souk? Eh, we go to the same gym. He shows up sometimes. Does he show up, or do you show up? Because I've heard him talk about how he thinks no, you want to wear likes, skin. No, he likes to make this into a whole, like, Will wants to be me. It's really he wants to relive his life through me. Okay. Uh, it's very clear that, like, he wants to have me do the things that he wishes he had done when he was in his 20s. And this is at the gym. What do you do at the gym that he wishes he would have done? Oh, not hurt. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. Be able to get up and down without my knees cracking yeah <laughs> or your shoulder being able to go higher than like past your ear your arm right yeah. and then and then it turns into look at how much stronger i am than you but that's the eye-opening thing like i played in college i was a pretty decent player wasn't gonna play professionally in any real league that anyone cared about yeah i'll go in there i'm still pretty strong i can put three plates on the bench and get a couple reps in i can still put what is that 315 right yeah three plates. 315 i can still get 500 and some odd pounds on the bar and deadlift it. It's no problem. Yeah. And then Suk will look at it and then just go, watch this. And whatever I'm doing, he'll double it. Yeah. That's the difference. You're you're a very big guy. And I'm young. I'm 26. I know. You're a big dude. But then I see Sukanic and I'm like, it's different. Yeah, it's just different. Like your arms are pretty big. Suk's are twice the size of those. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's the guy who openly talks about how Damn near didn't have an NFL career. He was in it for a cup of coffee, had some great stories and memories, and obviously it's changed his life. And that guy couldn't quite get to the level he wanted to. It's like, oh, yeah, there's a big difference here. Yeah, that dude who, like, can barely get up and down to sit in the chair, that dude who every day it looks like he is in pain constantly. I think he is. That's why he's always pushing THC gummies and whatnot. (laughs) He's like, I I think that has other effects for him as well. (laughs) There's a little bit of a chill out there. But that's what I'm saying. That's the difference. I am a pretty good athlete. I am still pretty strong. I work out every day. Yeah. It is something that is important to me. It's something that I love doing. And he dominates me. So imagine what a true... 1% 1% of 1% athlete can do. Yep. I feel like most of them can show up and just be the best player in whatever sport they want to choose. They, If C.J. Stroud decides to play pickleball tomorrow, he will be the number one pickleball player, and it won't be close. He might not start there, but I, could, I wouldn't be shocked if he worked his way into the top 15 conversation. Like, oh, yeah, this guy has elite hand-eye coordination, and oh, by the way, physically just one of the most gifted athletes to ever exist. Right. He's fat and it's all natural probably. Like obviously oh, yeah. he works, but naturally sure. he's going to walk into the building and be the best. Funny story uh real quick and then we'll get the show going. Years ago when we were 10 to noon, me and Dirt and Swag was our producer. Yeah. We were doing a thing out at Crunch and Swag for whatever reason swore he could squat 315 pounds. Why? I don't know. 
Because people don't realize how heavy it is. Uh, well, it, what's interesting is he's he's literally a guy who doesn't lift weights. He only runs or walks. He's not a weightlifter at all. In fact, when you see his arms, you're almost surprised of how small they are. And, like, me and Dirt were like, do you know how – you can't do that. you know how much that is? And me and Swag aren't real that di- uh, really that different in size. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, I can't squat 315. I don't, I don't really do a ton of legs like that. But at that point, I'm like – Dude, I, I can't do it. I don't think you could do it. And he he puts out a bet. When we go to crunch, we put 145 on each side. No, I bet he couldn't even do that. Couldn't do it. Yeah. He couldn't do it. 145 on each side, and he couldn't do it. Because people don't realize how heavy it is. But it was, this thing, it was hyped up as this big bet, and it took all of two minutes for him to be like, nah, can't do it. Like, yeah, no no S, Sherlock. <laughs> what are you talking about? Because every gym bro on Instagram or on Twitter, they can all do 315, so then everyone assumes, oh, 315, it can't be that heavy. I saw the 5'9 rip dude do it. Why can't I do it? It's heavy. It's a lot of weight. Now, can some people who lift and have been lifting for a long time do it? Yeah, totally. But if you haven't lifted before and you think you're going to throw three plates on there in any lift, and just go out there and dominate it, it's not going to happen. It just won't. Yeah. It's yeah. the ego lift. Everyone's like, ah, I can do this. Hey, look, I get it. Sometimes, you know, I throw way, way more weight on there than I should. Like, watch me curl this bar. And then it feels like my arm's going to rip out of my socket. Exactly. Most people don't realize it until they start doing it. Oh, this was not a good idea. Shocking. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> There's nothing worse than being at the bottom of that squat and going, Oh, man, I'm not getting up. We're not going up here. I need to take that side off. Um, Make sure the pretty girl leaves. Make sure the pretty girl leaves. Have her walk away. We have a lot to get to today. We got two guests. Uh, Reagan Beers is a star forward for Oregon State women's basketball. They're number 11 in the nation. I'm going to their game on Friday, and Reagan's having a great year, so she's going to hop on at 830 today. Uh, And then at 8, Ken Barkley joins us. You better, you bet. Our uh, BetQL and Odyssey sports gambling expert, he's going to join us. We'll recap the Super Bowl with him and get some other uh, things in sports. But uh, let's start here. Damn it, it happened again. And man, was he hammered. All that's next. Dirt and Spray, good to be with you on this Thursday on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is Dirt and Sprague gone 1080, the fan. All right, welcome back in 622, Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080, the fan. Um, we'll get to some audio 
And uh, we got a lot to get into. We will start. So yesterday I went and had a Valentine's Day lunch with my wife. I had bas- I coach basketball, so we have practice at night. We're not really much a Valentine's Day couple anyway. So like the whole mm-hmm. dinner and getting dressed up, like that's never really been our thing. And so she goes, let's go get some lunch. I'm like, great. So we go up the road, we get a lunch. We're leaving and I turn the car on. And, you know, I have it on 1080 all the time. And Danny and Dusty are on. It's like 12, 42 or whatever. And I'm listening to Dusty and I'm like, I catch his tone. And I'm like, why does he sound like that? So I turn the volume up. And then he tells me mass shooting at Chief Super Bowl Parade. And I just, I'm just like, oh. Fantastic. Another mass shooting. Great. Get to talk about that. Can't wait. Like one of the happiest moments you can have as a fan, and it gets ruined by senseless idiots. And it costs a life, and it's left several children with gunshot wounds. And, you know, like instead of the Super Bowl parade, and we have Kelsey audio from it before everything went down, the Chiefs were done. It was basically over at this point. Uh, when it happened, I don't know what videos everybody has seen. I've seen like three or four videos. I watched people take down the people and, you know, responsible. And that was nice that they stopped it and they got the people responsible for it. And I saw another video from super far out across the street and everybody looks like little ants and you can hear it. And then it just happens. You see everybody scatter. And, you know, it's really sad stuff, Will, that we um, that we have to just continue to live through and 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 be normalized to and can't have any adult conversations about anything because everybody gets offended and butthurt and I don't know man it's uh it, it was pretty eye-opening for me because my kids were both in elementary school a year ago I have one now in middle school it's pretty eye-opening when the Uvalde, Uvalde thing happens in Texas and one of your kids is getting panic attacks because they don't do earthquake drills like I did They don't do two fire drills a year where, hey, line up. All right, now we walk out to the blacktop. Right. They get to do active shooter drills. Hey, if somebody comes in here with a gun that we refuse to care about at all, you guys need to do this, and we're going to lock our doors, and we need to be quiet. That's the thing about mass shootings that nobody wants to talk about when they yell at each other. It's you're counting bodies. I'm counting trauma. So it's not just the victims of the shooting. It's the people connected to the people of the shooting. It's the people who survive the shooting. And it's the people who have to go through drills and procedures around the idea of a shooting. And yet that's the area nobody wants to talk. Well, it was only two. They, they stopped the shooter. First of all, two's too many. So thank you for your idiotic point. Second of all, how does that impact the next 10 people around them? How does it impact their family and their friends and their family and their friends? And that's the thing nobody wants to talk about, Will, is it ain't just body count, which is ridiculous in itself that that's somehow some pro-argument. It's not addressing and not being adults. That's what this country's become. We are all Mm -hmm. children. Nobody wants to be an adult and stand up and do the obvious thing. And it turns into some of the, something like this happens. And what happens? Everybody gets on TV. They say the same thing. And then two days later, we go back to the regular. It's just it's a cycle that continues to repeat itself. I keep seeing these these blogs. Marcus Spears with a great point on NFL Live. Marcus Spears had a great point. 
Marcus Spears, write it down. You'll probably have to give it another six months, another four months, another two weeks, whatever it's going to be, because it continues to happen. Right. And I have, I, I, I had an eye-opening experience one time when I was subbing. So at one of the schools that I sub at, you're in a portable. And I hate that they have you lock the door at the end or at the start and the end of every class. So you're supposed to lock the door and then unlock it at the end. And then you stand by the door so all the kids can come in and then you lock it back up right away. And I hate that because I just want to sit at my desk or maybe I want to go get a drink or I want to go move around and I want to do stuff. Well, you and I grew up where the door was open. The hallways, just the hallway. There were no fences. There was nothing like that. And then I had a kid come into class and they were like, why isn't the door locked? And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm here. Like, you're good. I'm in the classroom. I'm not worried about you breaking into anything. My eyes, I can see you. I have video cameras. We'll be okay. And they said, well, no, it's supposed to be locked because what if a bad guy tries to get in here right now? And it was in that moment when I realized this isn't supposed to be locked because it's a stupid rule. This isn't supposed to be a locked door because they don't want kids to come in and steal stuff or take stuff. It's because they don't want someone to break in and want to harm other students. And that kind of blew my mind for a little bit because I don't think that if you don't have a child or you're not working in a school or have family members that work in a school, you're not going to think about how it affects different school districts. To my knowledge, the two school districts that I work at, there's never been an active shooter. Yet, when you talk to those students, it's one of the first things on their mind. They don't think about the earthquake drill. They don't think about the fire drill. They don't think about a tornado drill, which has had to happen. It happened to me when I was in school. Mm -hmm. They think about the active shooter drill and how to get out of the classroom and how to get out of the school and how to get to safety. I like shoot. I remember when guys still brought their shotguns to school to go hunt after like that was a part. I remember when that rule changed. Sandy Hook happened when I was in high school. So I remember when guys got upset of, what do you mean I can't bring my hunting gun to school? I have to go out and hunt right after class ends. See, yeah, to we, me, even before Sandy Hook, right? that's, that's a wild thing that, is a, that was allowed to happen at your school. Like, oh, yeah. to me, you can be responsible guy all you want. Like, the fact that anybody, student, adult, whatever, that's allowed, that's, that's, that's mind-blowing to me. I remember thinking it was stupid that my buddy couldn't have shotgun shells in his car. He didn't have the gun. He had shotgun shells because he was going, like, he had gone hunting that weekend, forgot about them. They were in his car. The security guard walked by, saw them, and he got called in. And I remember, because I was a dumb third, well, 14, 15-year-old, and being like, who cares? Nothing can happen if you just have the bullets. That's not even going to scare anybody. Mm. And now, obviously, as I've moved on and I've become at least a little bit smarter, I can't believe that was even allowed in the first place. It's uh, it's it is remarkable how the people chosen to lead are the most spineless people who are just bought and paid for puppets. Uh, I was I was 25 when I had my first kid. I I was, you know, a lot of people that that's normal for them that age. I've said it before. I I was immature. I was not not fully aware of a lot of adult things. Um, and I realize it in the moment, right? And you continue to grow. But I was 25 when I had my first kid. And she's one, so I'm 26, and or I was no, I just turned 26. I think Sandy Hook was, I, I think, think it was like December 6th or 7th or something. So I had just turned 26, 
and I'm at my mother-in-law's house that day, and I was why well, I was playing with my my kid, and the news pops up, and I'm seeing this happen, and I I'm just I'm like floored. I I had no idea how to process what was going on, the information. It was like overwhelming. And then I watch these people get on TV and be like, no, it's not the time to talk about anything. And then a month goes by and there's still no talk. And then eight months go by and still no talk. And now it's 2024 and here we are. And so, you know, it's um, I heard Dusty say that yesterday and the tone he had was was right. I just uh, there's really nothing to say at this point. It's pretty fairly obvious but we can we can sometimes show how incredibly dumb we are too and so it's unfortunate that somebody lost their life and it's it's really unfortunate that all these kids had to go through that experience and that all these people around that moment had to experience it too and you know a day that should have been fun celebrating one of the greatest football players of all time it it ends that way and um Welcome to America in 2024. Uh, we'll get to some audio. We'll get to some other things as well. Dirt and Sprague, we're back with more. But first, Will with a sports update. Remix! Welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you. Uh, 637. I, uh, we have two guests today. A lot of good thoughts on the uh, the Vancouver Ford text line. Just going through some of this. And, uh, yeah, we'll move on from it. I just, I just, I'm disgusted by it. And I'm, I'm, I'm just sick and damn tired of having to talk about it and seeing it and thinking about it. And I mean, I, I, I can only speak for myself. I know when I go to a lot of public events, like big outings, it absolutely hits my mind at least once or twice. I'm definitely looking around going, where would I go? And that just like that in itself, I think is a really pathetic thing about living in, in society is the fact that I, that even goes through my head. We'll get to something in college football coming up. Uh, before the unfortunate tragedy did happen, um, Travis Kelsey took the stage and decided to sing. Now, I don't know about you, Will. I might be wrong here. I, I'm, I am not going to be naive. Fully aware that championship parades have long been filled with athletes or coaches getting sauced up. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's not a shock. It's not some new thing that just started. But I will say, in the back in my day, I feel like I used to watch these parade recaps uh, when I was a lot younger, and it'd be like Jordan or Pippen or or Steve Kerr and or Mark Madsen doing the awkward, goofy white guy dance or whatever. And I would watch these parades, and you'd see, you know, they'd say that hey, we're gonna win next year, <sighs> we're gonna win it again. <sighs> oh yeah, we just we're just getting started. And I feel like the last couple years, and maybe I'm wrong here, it feels like the people talking to the crowd are the most sauced up. Now, well, it's the most famous people. Yeah, but I also saw Willie Gay uh, lying on the street with a bottle of Hennessy shirtless yesterday. That was awesome. He was doing the NBA Young Boy. I just, I, I think it's funny. And then also, I'm like, the people who are actually talking to the thousands of people in attendance, it's kind of weird and awkward if those people are the most sauced up and I'm going to play this clip Travis Kelsey was having to be held up he he basically was looking like weekend at Bernie's a couple times where he almost fell back because he was so drunk 
and yet they gave him the microphone, and this is what he did. If you know this song, sing along. Blame it all on my roots. I sewed up in boots and ruined the Niners affair. The last one to know. We were the last one to show. We were the last one they thought they'd see there. And I saw the surprise, that fear in their eyes. And we took that glass of champagne. Pat, Pat took that glass of champagne, I promise you. When I and I toasted you. Oh, my God. Honey, we threw what I never. What? I got bread in low places. So I said, low places been there in front of like three, four, five, six, seven, eight thousand people so blackout drunk that you can't even, I don't even know what he said half of the time. No, but I'd be lying if I said I haven't been in that position and then try to- Sing in low places drunk? Sing in low places drunk with the boys on an Ellensburg night or, uh, you know, trying to flirt with some pretty girl and thinking that I'm killing it and then wake up in the next morning going, I did not kill that. In the moment, it feels like everything's coming out crystal clear, and then the video, you see the video, and you're like, oh, oh, man, that was bad. I wasn't even talking. I was just making sounds with my voice. He accidentally went into Trump there, too. Patrick took that away. Well, this this got so bad that Mahomes was like, oh, I'm taking the microphone from you. That is the one. Because you know Mahomes was drunk, too, but Mahomes was like, oh, my God, like this guy's way more drunk than I am. See, I, I disagree. I think they're the same level of drunk. Travis is the guy who has to, everyone shut up in the party. Everyone shut up. I love you, and I love you, and I love you. Yeah, he did that to Nick Wright. And Mahomes is like, I'm hammered. I'm going to do my best to make sure no one knows I'm hammered. Bring back the Mark Madsons. Where's the awkward white guy dance? I need more of that in my life. I don't awkward white guy singing. I don't know how I'd feel. Like as a Chiefs fan, I'm probably super excited. My team's won the title again. I've got this quarterback forever. And I'm standing there listening to this blackout drunk idiot not even be able to say words. I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of awkward. Can you, pass, can you pass that mic to Andy Reid, please? Andy Reid might be the guy to be talking right now. Not Travis Kelsey. Uh, what if Andy Reid was hammered drunk oh, and he look, got up look, there and he just started letting it fly? Again, I'm not trying to be like this has never happened guy at all, like fun police guy, but it was a little awkward to watch that. He couldn't even barely stand on his own. And they had to take the microphone from him because he didn't know what he was saying at that point. He had lost what's ha- what was happening. And I'm sure most of them were pretty drunk. They were having a good time. I saw him running down the street, high-fiving the fans. Like, that's just what the championship parade is. But uh, Travis Kelsey grabbing the mic at the most blacked-out drunk stage of his day uh, gets a little weird, a little awkward. <laughs> Not a good move there. Look, sometimes you need the get-back guy, and uh, the get-back guy was there. The real issue is that Taylor Swift wasn't there. If Taylor Swift was there, he, that would, was not the real issue. That, he would not have been that drunk. You don't get that drunk when your girl's there, especially if you're not married to her or engaged, because she can walk at any point. 
You don't get that drunk in front of your girl. You get that drunk when your girl's gone and you're like, boys weekend, let's ride. The funny thing is, you couldn't see it because obviously we're a radio station, but when he's singing, he's looking at his phone. He clearly wrote a version of Friends in Low Places that included the Niners and stuff. And then eventually he stops looking at his phone because I don't think he's even capable of reading it at that point. I think he was he so reading it to begin with. Well, yeah, but he had it in front of his face at the beginning, and then it goes away, and you're like, oh, man, this guy is gone. He is <laughs> probably still sleeping. Going to have to sleep that one off for a couple days. Uh, coming up next, this was said on the show yesterday, and I think it highlights just how sad it is in this sport. That's next. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. This is Dirt and Sprague on 1080, The Fan. Yeah, I think if you had more athletes, Will, doing weed, instead of getting blackout drunk, it'd be a little better. Be a little more chill, a little more calm, a little funnier. Um, We will get into a lot. There was a comment on Caleb Williams I found fascinating that I heard yesterday, and I want to bring that at the top of the hour. We have two guests today, Ken Barkley at 8 of You Better You Bet, and Reagan Beers, forward for Oregon State women's basketball. They got a big two games this week and trying to get revenge against UCLA and USC. And uh, I'll be at the Friday game against UCLA. Juju Watkins, Ooh. the star freshman of USC, is going to be in town uh, taking uh, on in the weekend. So I'm excited for the two games. Reagan Beers uh, coming up at 830. I had Adam Rittenberg on the show yesterday of ESPN. And uh, he talked to Tony Petiti yesterday. But I asked him about just the coaching situations. And I said, who's more likely to stay and be at the school longer, Kalen DeBoer at Alabama or Jedfish at Washington? And Adam Rittenberg, uh, if I could find the cut here. It is, will Fish stay at UW oh, there it is. Okay, here it is. This is the cut. I asked Adam Rittenberg, who will be at the school longer, Kalen DeBoer at Bama or Jedfish at UW? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, history history would say Kalen DeBoer, um, you know, just, you know, has been a job hopper, or maybe by necessity has moved around a heck of a lot in his career as an assistant, and then now, um, you know, with his first move coming just three years at Arizona, where he did a great job in the end, but then moved to uh, Washington. Um, you know, again, I, I think Kalen's in it for the long haul if they'll have him. It's obviously going to be a very difficult situation to replace Nick Saban. The expectations are off the charts even right away. And, um, you know, if they miss the 14 playoff a couple of times, that he could be in trouble. But, you know, I, I think that's a little bit more of a destination job for Kalen DeBoer than Washington is for Jed Fish. Now, maybe Jed will surprise us, and that'll be a place he stays for, you know, seven, eight, ten years. But his history and track record says that he'll be moving on relatively soon. And, you know, one job that people are already talking about, and I don't think it would happen this quick, is, is Florida. That's where Jetfish is from. Or, or, sorry, that's where he went to, co- to college, uh, has roots in that state, worked there as an NFL assistant. I think he was at Miami at one point. So, you know, th- there's a good chance that job comes open in the next couple of years. What does Jetfish do at that point? I just I, – I was wondering yesterday when he said that, and I wanted to talk about it today of, like, if you're a UW fan, you're a Husky fan, Kalen DeBoer just left you after getting to a title game. And, you know, feeling like for a moment they might win the national championship. And then he goes to Alabama. You go get a guy that almost everybody, I think, outside of the UW sphere would say, eh, moves around a lot, guy. Mm -hmm. He wasn't at Arizona very long. Once he established it, got it going, 
finally gets to, hey, this is going to be the year he bounces to Seattle and goes to a Big Ten team. And to Adam Rittenberg's point, if that Florida situation doesn't improve, Jed Fish went to Florida. And I'm not saying he's going to be gone in a year, but this is part of my, this has always been kind of part of my point. College football is growing and at the same time feels like it's broken more now than it's ever been, partially because of this. Like, how invested should fans get with their head coach if how many schools are untouchable? Like, how many schools have a coach and they don't have to worry about that coach leaving? There's only a handful of them. And even those, it's like, does the coach want to coach in the NFL? If so, even that school won't do him justice. I just wonder how invested Husky fan is going to be on Jed Fish. It's not that they're not going to root for him. It's not that they're not going to say, let's be good next year. I just, in the back of your mind, Mm -hmm. in the deep recesses, aren't you kind of asking yourself, when's this dude leaving us? Because he has no history of being loyal and staying at any one place for longer than a few seasons. Right. But I always think that that was kind of the case whenever you look at college football. Now, it might not be as in your face or it might not be as blatant, right? But, you know... It's always been, hey, how can you get to the next spot? How can you get to the next spot? How can you get to the next spot? Because there truly are only a few universities and programs that can truly win a title. There are only a few spots where you can go in and say, this is an actual school where we actually have a belief and we can get the dudes to go out and win a title. Everything else is a special season. And the thing for UW that UW fans have to remember you had, what was it, 26 seniors this year? You had... They have as many at the Combine, the NFL Combine, as any other school. Like it's they, like Michigan's the only one that beats them. Yeah. Michigan's the only one that beats them, right? You are a great school at UW, but I don't feel like with the NIL backing that you have that you truly have a chance at being a national title contender. But see, let me, inter- let me interrupt that. Right. I, I, I kind of agree with your overall point on that. On the There's only so many schools that are going to win this. I do think NIL and portal stuff has opened it up to more teams. But, like, they were just in the title game. I saw it with my eyes. Right. So they but- can do it. They just didn't win that game, and they— I don't know if they'll get back, but right. they can get there. Right. But let's look at that team that got there. Mm-hmm. You had Michael Penix, who if he doesn't get hurt, might be the Heisman Trophy candidate. You had three NFL wide receivers, one that's going to be a top 10 pick, two other guys that if McMillan doesn't get hurt, he might be a first-round pick as well. And then Polk, he's going to be a day two, worst-case scenario, early, early day three guy. You have the best offensive line in all of college football. You won the award, yep. right? You had a good running back who was banged up for most of the year, but when that dude was healthy, he was we special. saw what he yeah. could do. Yeah. Then on the defensive side of the football, you had a great defensive line with two premier pass-rushing defensive and outside linebacker yep. types in Trice and in ZTF, and then you had a great secondary mm-hmm. that was led by one of the best cover corners in in college football in Muhammad, right? Yeah. And then you also had Hampton at safety. Like you had some really good right. DBs, too. You had maybe the best amalgamation of players that you could have, and you were multiple scores short, right? Now, you could make the argument, well, if Johnson doesn't get hurt or you know, if Penix makes a couple throws that he'd been making all year. Sure. But when they won games... When they won that Texas game, when they won that first Oregon game, that was because Michael Penix was perfect. Yeah. So when Michael Penix wasn't perfect in one moment, in one game, 
you lost. Yes. So you basically have to have everything be perfect to win at UW. Does that mean that you can't? No, it doesn't mean that you can't. But it means that it's much more difficult than, say, if you went to a Florida spot or to a Georgia spot or to an Alabama spot. And honestly, I don't even know if Florida is one of those teams. I'm just saying it because they've won recently. But as you look at their success in the NIL era, it's not there. And there are rumors that their NIL program is bankrupt. There isn't money there, at least not to compete with the big name programs. I have heard Washington's and I, you know what? Let's do this. Will. let's carry this over to the second hour. I'll, I'll, I'll mush. I'll push the, uh, the Caleb Williams audio. I have to seven fifteen. For sure. I want to carry this over because you're hitting on some things that I think we should continue to dive into because mm-hmm. I get, this is a part of the sport that we all love. We're all right. passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Hell, we hear more from people. Well, we don't hear more, but we hear from people, you're talking too much college football. And I'm like, well, I don't think that's really a thing, but okay. I feel like it gets the most response. Uh, well, it's it. We, we tend to have the most passion to either the schools we went to or the schools we were grown up to love and support. I want to talk about this. If you're a UW fan out there, how invested does it feel like Jed Fish is in your program? Do you feel like this is a guy that's going to be around? Because Kalen DeBoer probably felt like that, except Jed Fish's track record is even more move around than Kalen's was coming into it. So we'll talk about this. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague. It is loaded. A lot to talk about on 1080 The Fan. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 